your congregation of Jesus Christ. It is a joy for me to come to Texas. I come from the city of brotherly love, or somewhere near to it. At least it is good to see and to meet and to have fellowship with the saints of the Lord everywhere. This vision of Zechariah, the third chapter, about Joshua the high priest, who stands before the angel of the Lord, and Joshua is in filthy time. Let us look by way of background to what the first vision, second and the third, tell us. The first speaks of a man who is in the mother tree. And when the prophet asks what he is about to do, he says, I am patrolling the earth. I'm going to Moscow. I'm going to the Arab. I'm going to the Western Hemisphere. I'm going to Washington, D.C., to London, to Bismarck to every place, every major capital of every major, and even of little tiny countries like Amsterdam and Holland, from which I come. Now, what is the story? He says, well, I have looked, and everything is good. It's at peace, it's at ease, it's still, nobody's served. That's precisely what we have now. What does it mean? Well, I don't know if you people have it here, we have sometimes these sultry stillnesses when suddenly, boom, goes the lightning and the thunder. That's about the situation now, isn't it? Any moment, the atom bombs may explode. They'll take the major city first, certainly, but there is no end to the devastation that can be wrought by the Russians, by the USA, all that have the atom bomb are worse. Now that's the stillness which is the preceding the storm. What is it today? Most of the churches, the large seminaries, are apostate. Corruption is among the nations. Abomination similar to or worse than that of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abortions, millions of them. Homosexuals are permitted to preach the so-called gospel, where the gospel of sovereign election grace was preached. There are, of course, as there always have been, in largest time, 7,000, we know, 700 and hundreds of thousands that have not bowed their knees to the sales and the afterlife and the prostitution of the believers. But surely it is well that we ask the Lord to be still. But all these things need not make us fear or tremble. Fear not, says the apostle, for it is the will of your heavenly Father to give unto you the kingdom. The second vision shows us two horns, four horns. What can these to do? To crush Israel, the people of God. But there are four other craftsmen or carpenters. What can they to do? To destroy these horns. Fear not, little flock. It is the will of your heavenly Father to give unto you those that are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the kingdom of heaven, in all its righteousness. And then at last comes the city, the vision of the city. Well, city, what's left of it? It's an atom bomb that's planted on it. Well now, left of it, Chicago has a loop district. You could buy it for a song, where Billy Ken is, and you could buy it for nothing. For a gift, they don't want it, it's not worth it, nobody sells it. The stocks are down, and the interest is up. Well, don't you see, fear not, little flock, it is the will of your father. For now then, you can 
Jerusalem shall be built up, not the suburbs. It's the one area because the Lord is the wall thereof, the fiery wall to protect these his children, the holy ones of Israel, says, Who are you that you shall insult my holy one? And then comes Joshua the high priest, because this is the basic problem. It is the problem of sin. The inward problem. It is that. And now, who is the, who is the judge? The angel of the covenant. Well, I have made the Jehovah Israel, made my covenant with you. I took you out of Egypt, the house of bondage, where you were slaves. And then Pharaoh and his host will claim you. But with Moses' rod, I let Israel, my people, all together through. And Pharaoh, who hardened his heart, and whose heart was hardened, drowned with the host of them. Now that's the basic work, the beginning moment <coughs> of Satan's effort to destroy the people of God. But when they come through, they soon murmur. They get tired of manna every day the same. And then, ask, mind you, you even have to get up on a Sunday morning or a Saturday. So let's go on the night before. And then, of course, we can take a little more. Well, the Lord doesn't tolerate any disobedience. So the next morning, behold, worms. And then they starve, no breakfast. Not even a cup of coffee or a glass of orange juice. Nothing. Anything would have done better than nothing. But now they are going to starve. Well, whatever. For a day, you can get along with meals, without meals. But now they murmur. Flesh we want. So the Lord gives them flesh. But they choke in it. They gorge themselves. And they, again, the disobedience. So the Lord kills a lot of them. He, they deserve it. Everyone, of course, sins. Is death, the wages of sin. We are all sinners. In Adam, all men have sinned. All men in themselves, in Adam, in their conscience, know God, knowing God, yet have not kept him in remembrance. They have built themselves gods of idols, wood and of stone, and they that make them are like to them. Like Dagon, when the ark comes, Dagon falls to pieces, and the ark has to be brought back to the holy temple before there is peace and, and prosperity. Now then, let's look at he, at him who is the judge. He is not a civil court in this community. He's not a state supreme court. He is a, not even the supreme court, supreme judge of the supreme court of the USA in Washington, D.C. It is not a human being. Of course, he did become a human being so that men might not be accused by Satan, but the Son of God has come to destroy the works of the devil negatively, and he did, and he will, and Satan will be cast forever into outer darkness, whether it's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But he resists, he resists always. He then Moses, the man of God, my servant Moses, with whom I speak face to face, says the Lord, he must come up to the mountain forty days and forty nights, and then with my finger I will engrave in tablets of stone the ten words, what we call the documents of the law, 
But note that it is, I have brought you out of Egypt, the house of bondage. This is grace, if you will, the covenant of grace <coughs> established with Abraham and his seed. To them are the promises, and that promise, that covenant, is not to be avoided, to make of none effect. These it's still grace that God gives people instruction. It's grace for father and mother to give people, little children, instruction. They get their food, they get their clothes, they must be grateful, and they must say, Hello, Daddy, hello, Mom, good morning, nice to see you again, wonderful. Well, they didn't. They said no. They made themselves while Moses was up, and they said, Ask for this man, Noah. We don't know what became of him. We're just so old that we could go back to the flesh pots of Egypt, the leeks and the cucumbers and the onions and the carrots, and the, and the honeydew melons. I don't know what else they had. But they had lots and lots of good things, and now they were getting the sickening manner. Let's go back to the least. They didn't think of Pharaoh and that they would be made slaves and that they wouldn't get straw and that they would have burdens on their backs and that they would die in slavery in Egypt, the house of bondage from which Joseph, when he was there, because he was the servant of the God and prime minister of all his kingdoms. So this was a Pharaoh that had not known Joseph. And now he asked, asked, he must leave the children, let the children go. And when he wouldn't, at last, his own son died. But only in the children of Israel, living in Goshen, who were told that they must kill the lamb, and then put the lamb's blood on the post of the door, and the angel of death passed them by. All those that are washed in the blood of Jesus, he will pass by. Surely they will pass through the valley of the shadow of physical death, but not ever eternal death. They shall see him face to face, and their bodies will be like unto his glorious body, with the power with which he is able to subdue all things unto himself. But now then the golden calf that Aaron makes in this, who's called an eloquent man, when Moses said, Well, I didn't go have any elocution. I don't know how to talk. Please, please, take somebody else. Oh, well, I'll give you an eloquent man, your brother. Later on, he's called the saint of the Lord, Aaron. He was the high priest, the saint of the Lord. And he makes excuses. They said, get all your earrings. Go with it again. Of course, they got them from the Egyptians, because the Egyptians said, get out. Here's some money. That's why they have in the desert, they put off their earrings and their beautiful things because not had stolen them, they appropriated them by the orders of the covenant God, because after a while there must be a tabernacle, because God, the God Jehovah, who is mighty, who spoke on Mount Horat in audible voice, he wants to dwell with them. And now he makes his orders how to make the tabernacle, or the, yes, the tabernacle, and then fine, fine linen, all the gifts, and here is the court in which all the average person may go. Then is the holy place in which is the, is the, the bread. Christ says, I am the bread of life. And this nation of Israel must be, be like as wild 
The heathen are drowned about in darkness. They must prefigure, they must foretell the light of the world and the bread of life. There's a lampstand and there's a table of the showbread. They must be open, they must be supplied again. The best brothers of the Holy of Holies, Armadin, we don't know for certain, is the, is the altar of incense, the prayers of the saints, which are a savor which enters into the nostrils of the Holy One of Israel, above, maker of heaven and of earth. And then in the holiest of holies, the high priest, Aaron, this, uh, Aaron the high priest, he comes out and he takes of the blood which was shed in the court. He walks through the holy place, and then where no one else can go, and only once a year, a curtain of seven, the Lord loveth darkness. He lives in darkness till he gives light in, through him who is Jesus. And then is the Ark of the Covenant and the angels, the cherubim. How is it possible that a holy God can bear with breakers of the law? So the law is right in the Ark. But there is that one who has borne the sins and the curse. He's made a curse so that those that are redeemed and washed in his blood shall never be separated from God. And so the law is fulfilled in him who never broke the law, who kept the law, and who gave us the law so that we might thank him for having kept it for us, and then assure us that by the Holy Spirit's power we can also and shall and wish to do keep the law and say thank you, Father, for giving us this register of righteousness through the righteous one who alone is righteous. Now, this judge, of course, is also the angel of the faith, the angel of the presence. He goes, they do not need to think they can escape. The angel of the presence will go with when they ascend, and the Lord says, I myself, I don't want you. This people which thou, as so Moses said, O Lord, I didn't bring the people out, you did, you told me to. And what will the nations say? They'll say, you're one just like their God, the God that has much power. And that, so we can certainly sweep them off the face of the earth. And so the Lord forgives them and gives them again the bread. But again they sent and again and again, and they stole serpents by them. And so the copper serpent is raised up, and everyone that looks at him is not died because the, the Scottish serpent raised up, Christ is raised up on the accursed tree of Calvary, that all that come to him are saved, but they that are not willing, that have not repented, they are, as John says, they that have not believed are condemned already. Well now, so it goes, the sad story goes on. When they are about to approach the promised land, and Moses said, Choose now twelve of you, one of each tribe, and investigate. Well, they are like children of the giants. We were like grasshoppers in their sight, and we were surely of the same opinion. Except Caleb, the son of and Joseph, and uh, Joshua, the son of Nun, they were faithful, and the others had to perish in the desert. And the children whom said they said they will be killed, they are the ones 
that will enter into the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Well then Joshua, the son of Nun, is told, Behold, servant, my servant Moses is dead, but be of good courage, and I will strengthen thee. And so the blessing of Moses comes upon his assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun. And Joshua now leads in, and he is not, he is spirit. And now he meets the Lord God of Israel, to whom he speaks, Be not afraid, Jericho, be not afraid of the Jordan. I have led you through the Red Sea. And so the Lord was cut, Jordan was cut and clean. In blood season, the waters grew back, and Israel, the people of God, the priests, the and the ark, and the priests were told that out of the limb of Jordan, of the bottom, they must take twelve stones and carry them to the edge. And as soon as the ark of the covenant was safe within the promised land, then the flood tide came back. Then the children will say, Now, Daddy, what are these for? They're just, they're just piling stones. I've seen lots of stones. Oh, no. They are not. They were the ones, our Lord God, the others do nothing. They are idols. But our God made the heavens and the earth. And he told us that we, since we have been let out of Egypt, the bondage house, that we now are to enter this land. And so as a memorial, this is a memorial. And so as we walk by the way, as we rise in the morning, and as we walk by the way, as we retire at night, we say, Joseph, Mary, this is our God, this is our covenant God. And they were told that they must do this over and over and over. That's why we need Sunday school. And if at all possible, we need Christian day school, as we are now beginning to have somewhere through the countryside. Well, now then, as to this, of course, you know the sad story and the glad story of the Jericho. They men around and they, the walls fall down and everybody goes in. But they are told this must be, everything must be destroyed. Because they are at the entrance, this is the gate to the promised land, and they were stopping us. We have to go through here, because the Lord God told us. And then Achan said, well now, that seems a shame, so I'll just take something else, something or another, and I'll just hide it under the rug. Any man can hide anything from the omniscient God and the Holy One of Israel. So then they cast lots. We don't cast lots except for fun, but this was not fun, this was life and death. So Achan finally, this family, this family, because Ai, because the little town, but only a few military people went out to destroy it, and they were themselves driven back. How come Israel's people who were promised they are driven back? by the Canaanites or the Ai people, it's impossible. Let's find out. So Joshua cast lots with this family and friends. Why did you do that? In other words, he doesn't say, how wicked are you? But I was told, and you were told, and you know it, and your family will have to suffer the consequences. Well, now that shows what there is not, we can't play the game with the word of God. 
much is said this day or these days about the is the originals of the manuscripts of the scriptures. But certainly we believe in God who created all things, who is by his providence directs all things, and by his promise to Noah that that sunshine and rain would come in season, and that he would not destroy again as he had done, because the heart of man was only evil continually, and it continued to be that. The only way is to say, the Lord, I'll take care of it, as he did take care of it in the sin when he sacrificed it, gave it to his own son, by which alone men are to be saved. And then, of course, we know that after that, they must, the seven kings, they all they hear about this. Let's get a military alliance. Let's get all the Arab countries together. Let's get China and Russia together. They don't now like the Russian bear isn't fond of the Chinese tigers, but they will lie in peace if we talk to them and give them sweet mint, sweet men to eat. Well now, don't you see, it is that hostility of the Moabites, of those that all the nations, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and all the others, whatever name, they gather together as some one of them, they said, well now, what's the use? Let's make off our we're old and decrepit and get some old rags and have dried crumbs with it. And so they deceived Joshua, but they were made into drawers of wood, laborers, slaves, for their deceit and for their wickedness of this end. And then Joshua, the son of Nun, now the servant of whom the Lord, upon whom the spirit of Moses, the mediator of the old covenant, has been given to dwell. He calls on this old son of still, till I, Jehovah God, has wreaked his vengeance on the Amorites, on those that have been promised to be driven out. And the sun stood still until many of the people, but not all, do not destroy them all, lest you forget they must be there to be needing you lest you corporate yourself. But alas and alas, the opposite happened. You recall Balak, who said to Balaam, curse the Israel, I'll give you all the cash, I'll give you the whole of the financial situation in New York City, everything, if you only curse Israel, because they're all over the place. Like bees, you can't stop them. And so over from this point, from that point, it didn't matter from which angle he was forbidden. And he says, well, how can I curse Israel? There, there is no cursing of Jacob. May my matter end be like theirs. In other words, say, I'd like to live it up till I'm 85. And then, then I'd like to die like Christian so-and-so. Then when the at last, I'd like to see the beatific vision, and I should like enter. Well, now, don't you see, we don't live for Satan 75 years and five minutes for Christ. It's too late. We must live for Christ now, and we must tell our children that they must tell their children that the Lord God gives grace and peace and humbleness and bread and all things needful for the body 
as well as eternal life if we obey his voice and obey our parents as their representatives. Well, now, so it goes on how many things that Satan done throughout the Old Testament. Notice how he tempted Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, who was sent into the desert after he had been baptized, submitted to baptism, and the Lord, this is my beloved Son, hear ye him, see him. And the disciples were following him. But then, we don't know fully for what reason, but it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Jesus was throughout his life filled with the Spirit. He knew that one of the twelve would betray him, and yet he didn't then say so. And the others never noticed it. So, what a skillful deceiver he was. But now, after a while, of course, in the Last Supper, when the Passover was to be slain, and Jesus said, Get me the upper room, and there they are the quiet, just Jesus and the twelve. And he instituted the supper. He that drinks eats my flesh and drinks my blood past eternal life. And then he gives out, and our pastor does, gives us the bread and the wine. And he gives the cup, and then he gave the cup. And who is it? And then Peter says to the disciple whom Jesus loved, that is John, who is constantly spoken of as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And then they were still arguing, who's the greatest among us? Now just imagine, Jesus knew that very shortly he would be crucified. And then the disciples who had been with him for three years were still arguing who would be the greatest. And then Judas Iscariot, Jesus had him and he went out. What? And then the devil went into him. Well, the devil had been in him from before that, but hadn't expressed himself. He was a sly old, old owl. He didn't want to really appear till it was time, till the Jews and the Pharisees thought, this man stands in the way. When he raised Lazarus, he said, let's kill him too. We can't deny that he's done a great miracle. Everybody knows that. But pretty soon, they will also, he will all believe, the whole world is following follow after. So then they stir up and they argue with Jesus. They said, you are the Elzebub. Well, he says, you are not children of Abraham. You say, if you were, you would do it worse, but you don't. But you are of the children of your father, the devil, who was the beginning of liars and is originated. Now, the devil is Satan, and the serpent in paradise is Satan, and the devil, and he who deceives the nation, and the devil is the liar, and he who is a murderer. Now, you have all three of these things. And the red dragon is the secretary of state. You remember in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation, the portent appeared, the woman with the sun and the stars and the moon, and he was about to give birth to a child, but the dragon would have destroyed his male, and it was a male child, it was protected, who shall rule the nations with a rod of iron. Now that's the angel of the Lord who is to judge. And the final judgment on the great Christ, Jesus says, the Father has given unto the Son all judgment. 
Well, he comes to judge the quick and the deaf, and they shall be given according as the books are written. And those that are not written in the book of life, they shall go out with Satan into outer darkness. But he tempted Jesus at the beginning, gifted behind me, Satan. He left him for a season only. He never gives up. If he can't, and got Jesus crucified, and Jesus said, it is finished. Meaning, I have died for my own. I have given myself, though they forgot me, though they sinned against me, though they rebelled against me, it is finished. I have saved them to the uttermost. Satan can't snatch them out of my father's hands. And Father and I are one, so he can snatch them. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He that believes in me has life, everlasting life. Though he were dead, he shall rise again. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He's the first beginning of the death. And all those that believe in him will also be raised. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is, the, is sin. But thanks be unto God, Christ has paid for my sin, for the sins of his people. Now let's look more carefully at Satan again, what he has done and what he's going to do. But the judge will always denounce him. Joshua, this Joshua is in filthy garments. Think back to Aaron the high priest, who came out with flowing white garments, whiter than snow. And he came out as he had been in the holiest of holies once a year, not without the shedding of blood for himself and for the people, came out and lifted up his hands with a fair mitre, a fair band, and a glowing white garment. The Lord bless you, my people. The Lord keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee. Be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Now that's the one who symbolizes that great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Moses was faithful in all his house, but he, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who is made king, free forever, after the timeless one of Melchizedek. He, once for all, having taken his own blood, both priest and sacrifice, had entered into the veil. The veil was rent so that all may enter now, not only the high priest, but the priest and the people, all nations are invited to come into his presence, the Holy One of Israel, he who redeems his people, who alone redeems his people. There's none on other earth that have against that Peter, through whom salvation is given. They would have killed Peter too. They tried. And so it goes down the line. Certainly Satan never gives up. Jesus washed their feet with his own garment. He washed Judas two dirty feet. And then what does Judas go do for gratitude, for deceit, for corruption, in order that Satan, he betrays Rabbi, Rabbi, and kisses him. Friend, says Jesus, do you give over 
your master with a kiss, a kiss is the Judas kiss, the kiss of betrayal, the one and only one that ever betrayed the Lord. Then he hanged himself, and as the apostle says, he went to his own place. Well, now he did go to his own place, but now put a fair mitre, restore him, put him just as beautiful as Aaron the high priest, and then when you've done that, then he is cleansed. And then look at the branch, that is the one that's coming, the branch of Israel, who David's greater son, even Jesus Christ, who suffered and died, but whose flesh did not see corruption, as David did, but who died for his own, and then rose again for their justification who shall appear soon as judge of heaven and earth. But he appears now as advocate with the Father on the basis of his own finished work. We cannot know of ourselves how we ought to pray, but the spirit groans within us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Who shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Shall trial, shall tribulation, shall this, shall that, there's nothing can resist the coming of him who died, who rose again. And when he left this earth, he said to his disciples, Go in the name, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to remember me and to keep my commandments till I come. Lo, I am with you all the way till the end of the age. My brethren and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, I do not know who does know. Jesus says, the Son of Man does not know. It is given to nor the angels. When they ask him, when, O Lord, the false Christ will come, do not follow him. They will apostatize. They will say, this is the Christ. But John the Apostle in one of his letters says, be not afraid. You've heard that the Antichrist should come, many Antichrists are in the world. Many Antichrists are active, we do not know where, but certainly the abomination of desolation is standing in the holy place. But fear not, little flock, the same problem, not only the external problem of might and strength and power and dominion in this world, guns and blow-ups of every sort, but the basic problem of our sins, if we, by the grace of the Spirit of God, through whom we've been given a new birth, so that now we can see and enter into that kingdom of heaven, which awaits all those that have loved his appearance. The Apostle Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He meant, as he says right after that, for to die is to be with the Lord. Is there anything better? Elsewhere he says, I have fought the fight, I have kept the faith, I have run the race. From now on there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, and not for me only, but for all others who have seen and who have loved his appearance on earth, and who will see him face to face. At his time, to our people here, the Lord gives every one of you that joy, that peace, that forgiveness of sins, 
and that peace of mind that passes all understanding, that with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and they give glory to his name. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee that we have the promises of God to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Abraham looked for that city that has foundations, whose builder and maker or architect and builder is the Lord. There were many that suffered for his sake. They were sawn asunder, many of them, but they did not receive their final reward, the Lord having something else in mind, that from this chapel and from all other places where the gospel of sovereign elected grace is faithfully proclaimed, there will be many of all the nations of this world entering into the new Jerusalem where there is no more sickness, no more sorrow, and there they shall see him face to face. Come, Lord Jesus, come thou quickly, for thine own name's sake. Amen.